What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast of Sports Ethos presentation. Sam Orlick here. Warriors getting a win in an absolute must-win fashion, coming off of back-to-back one-point losses. No Clay Thompson. He would be a late scratch with an illness. Pods will take his spot in the starting lineup. We got some injury updates on CP3 and Moses Moody. Uh, Chris Paul is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Moody is practicing with the team and could possibly make a return on the Warriors' upcoming road trip, which starts on Friday. On the 76ers' side, no Maxi, Melton, Covington, Morris, or Batum. Embiid, clearly not himself, but would play. But Philadelphia is a very good team, a very deep team, and they got uh, contributions from Tobias Harris, Kelly Oubre, former Warrior, and Patrick Beverly. This was a must-win for the Warriors. They've just been floundering in the standings, finally getting Draymond Green back, but not being able to capitalize, at least by... uh, you know, being able to close out games, the obviously the um, very, very, very tough double OT loss to the Lakers, the one-point loss to the Kings before that. So Warriors coming into this game, no Clay Thompson, a lot of question marks, and, you know, quite frankly, really reaching the, you know, absolute must of, of the panic meter and, and kind of desperation mode. Still a lot of the season left to play, but... Warriors sitting at 12th in the West, and you just feel like, you know, Draymond coming back, Chris Paul, Moses Moody coming back, that's all great, but is it too little too late? Warriors would hang on to win this one. 119 to 107 was the final. So much to talk about here in this game. Um, Early on, though, it was the Warriors making shots and the Sixers missing shots, but gobbling up all the offensive rebounds, uh, 52 to 50 at the half. The Sixers had eight more shot attempts than the Warriors and nine offensive rebounds, and the Warriors were turning over the ball on about 20% of their possessions. So not a great start in the first half for the Warriors, although they were making shots. Draymond Green got two fouls in like the first 90 seconds. He got a foul on the jump ball, basically, and then uh, kind of a cheap swipe down foul about a minute later so no Draymond Green early Kavon Looney would check in ended up working out like I mentioned earlier Embiid was just really gassed in this one settling for jumpers that weren't falling interesting stat Embiid is like the most accurate on mid-range jumpers this year better than Kevin Durant uh, better than all the likely candidates so clearly just wasn't Embiid's night but it certainly worked in favor of the Warriors definitely not going to be upset about that Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga continue to be aggressive and attack the rim. Warriors having a pretty balanced attack at the half. Draymond with 9, Wiggins with 12, Curry with 12, and JK with 10. Meanwhile, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but on the Sixers side, Tobias Harris leading all scorers with 15, Oubre and Bede with 8, and Pat Bev with 10. So, Game kind of up in the air. Definitely felt like there was opportunity for the Warriors to take advantage. 
but not being able to close out defensive possessions with a rebound, allowing the 76ers to get second shot, um, second or third shot attempts on missed shots, which they were missing a lot, um, and then turning it over. Some pretty bad, pretty bad turnovers earlier in this one. Um, but then they really kind of hunkered down in the second half. The starters just ended go, ended up going absolutely ballistic. Uh, Curry ended up with 37 on 8 of 11 from 3, 9 of 9, uh, 11 of 19 from the field, plus 26. Wiggins had 23, uh, plus 18 in 38 minutes. Uh, JK had 26. Uh, he was plus 10 in 39 minutes. And then Draymond did not score in the second half, but ended up being plus 18. He finished the night on 9. And Pods had 11 in 37 minutes. Uh, interesting stat of the night. The Warriors, every Warriors starter had at least nine points, five rebounds, three assists, and a three. And it really felt like the first game in a long time this season, if not the only game this season, where the starting unit was up and down, you know, plus at least plus nine or plus 10 in, um, in plus minus. Everyone having a good night, hitting their shots, playing well on both ends. And it was really a flipped script from what the Warriors have been most of the season, which is off to slow start, starters are lackadaisical, and the second unit that's really been coming in and saving them. So in this game, obviously, no Clay Thompson shifts pods to the first unit, so your bench was basically uh, Corey Joseph, Dario Saric, and Trace Jackson Davis and Kevon Looney. Certainly not um, the best guys for your second unit, especially when you're missing Chris Paul, Moses Moody, Pods moving moving into moving in as a starter. So totally understandable how the second unit would struggle based on just availability and personnel and all of that. But still, nonetheless, really great to see the starters play so well, uh play at play at a level that we know that they're all capable of. And um and you really just see the effect that Draymond Green has brought to this team since coming back. Um, you know, I think, you know, about five games in now, I think it's safe to say that that we're really seeing this, um, I don't want to say new and improved because Draymond Green is still who he is. You see him out there chirping on the floor, but the way in which he's choosing, choosing to engage when he's deciding to not escalate, um, the way that he isn't getting into it with the officials on calls, the antics, all of that has really been toned down. He is still he who he is. You know, Draymond Green had like an, an, a really nice and one. He's out there flexing his arms, screaming. So he's still bringing the passion, the energy, and the intensity that we've all come, you know, to know that is who he is. It's the extra stuff that he's really figured out thus far, five games in, um, how to trim that out because there's certainly been an exorbitant amount of opportunities against the Kings, against the Lakers. Uh, sure, even even uh, last night against the 76ers to be upset about the officiating, um, to feel like there were missed calls to get into it, but it hasn't felt like there's been remotely a chance where he would get a T. Um, he hasn't been getting into it with other players, so that's really great to see. The benefit of that is now we're finally seeing the real Andrew Wiggins and most importantly, the ascension of year three Jonathan Kaminka. 
Uh, let's talk about Kaminga first. Kaminga's minute totals over the last six games, 30, 29, 29, 30, 43, and 39. Uh, JK had a quote after the game. I'm not going to go out there and do things I'm not supposed to do and expect to get 30 minutes. Um, so Jonathan Kaminga has 108 paint points in the last seven games. That's tied for sixth in the NBA behind Alperin Shangun, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Jalen Brunson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. He's at Right now, he's at 25.1 points per game on 70 of 113. That's 62% from the field. He's just absolutely ballistic. He's done an incredible job at picking the right spots on the floor. He's not jacking up five threes a night, although he is kind of, you know, attempting one or two if teams are going to sag off of him and he's felt like he's gotten in rhythm. Um... But it is all downhill, in the paint, pump fakes, drawing fouls, uh, drive and kick. He has shown so much patience and so much awareness. And we're just finally seeing the culmination of his athleticism, his strength, all of his work, um, just kind of basketball IQ wise. The game is slowing down for him. His teammates are trusting him. Steve Kerr's trusting him. He's flourishing, and it couldn't have come at a better time. You know, you just watch you watch Kaminga just shed pretty much any defender that's in front of him when he's got a full head of steam. Obviously, uh, talked about this against the Lakers. He struggled um, a little bit, missing some shots. You know, you got to give Anthony Davis some props there, an elite uh, rim protector, shot um, alterer. So um, on a night where Joel Embiid just simply wasn't himself, the 76ers had no answer to keep him in front. Um, although Kevin Martin Jr. had a really nice block on, on Kaminga and, and a couple nice defensive plays when they went to him off the bench in the second unit. But more or less, you see Kaminga just really teams don't have an answer for him. When he gets going and it's not hard for him to get going, he's hard to stop, and the sky's the limit. It really just feels like he's starting to scratch the surface when he figures out or you know works on his dribble, establishes a more consistent outside shot, a little bit more of an in-and-out game. Um, there's just, what are you going to do to stop this kid? Because he's so fast, so strong, so athletic, and um, when you've got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson drawing attention, how do you stop him? Um, so that's just been an absolute revelation watching him come alive. And you see Draymond feeding him. You see Draymond feeding him with confidence, feeding him the ball, making the right plays, telling him where to cut, where to go. And it's not like he didn't know how to do this before. And this is going to be very similar to how he's enabling Andrew Wiggins. But when Draymond Green is playing center for the Warriors, which is which is the lineup right now. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, and Draymond Green. That's the best five-man unit. And when you've got Green at the five, playing at a high level, in shape, engaged, the Warriors can be elite. And Draymond Green's getting stops, he's getting rebounds, he's forcing turnovers. 
and then the Warriors get out and run. And when you've got Wiggins and Kaminga in transition, no chance. Uh, when you're in the half court and you're going up against a really good half court defense and the team's got elite shot blocker, sure, gets a little bit harder. You're trying to draw fouls. You're you know relying on the officials. It's not quite as easy. When you're getting stops and you're moving the ball up the floor and the team's not set, it's just like one dribble, maybe two, and he's gone. He's already at the rim. Absolutely incredible. Um, and so when you look at the Warriors, who obviously have just failed to meet any set of expectations we likely had for this team coming into the season, and you look at the Warriors, how they've been playing in the last five games since Draymond's returned, you get a sense of where they should be and where they will be to close out this season. So let's start with offensive rating. Uh, Warriors have been 11th on the season in offensive rating. Definitely not bad. In the last five games, they're second in the league. Uh, fast break points. This is probably the most important stat that I will give you for the night. On the season, the Warriors are dead last in the league in fast break points per game. In the last five games since Draymond has returned, they are ninth in the league. That is a substantial difference. And it's what I've been preaching all season long. The Warriors need to get stops. Draymond's their best defender at the five. Once they get stops, they get out in transition. When they get out in transition, they get easy buckets. It's no, there's no secret. There's no magic behind it. Play defense, get stops, rebound the ball, get out and run. Oh, look, Andrew Wiggins has scored in double figures in the last five games. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, 20 plus in the last six games. There's no coincidence here. The Warriors are engaged on both ends, and it's all because of Draymond Green. He is so instrumental to everything they do on both sides of the floor, and he always has been since really the start of the dynasty, the summer that uh, David Lee got hurt and Draymond was thrust into the starting lineup and they never looked back. A um, couple other stats to throw out there. Field goal percentage, 52% in the last five games, up 5% from the season ranking of 47. That's pretty significant. 5% better from the field. Uh, Three-point percentage, similar 5% better, 37.5 up to 42.9. And then points per game. The Warriors in their last five games are scoring 127.5 points per game, up from 118.5. So, you know, some people may not appreciate all the stats out there, but I just really wanted to highlight the effect that Draymond Green has had for the Warriors in the last five games on um, Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins. Let's talk about Andrew Wiggins. In the last five games since Draymond Green has returned, Andrew Wiggins is averaging 18 points, five rebounds, shooting 61% from the field, 44% from three, and 81% from the line. Now, Andrew Wiggins has never been a great career free throw shooter, um, earlier in the season, it was absolutely abysmal. Last season, he struggled. I don't think that Draymond coming back 
has made Wiggins a better free throw shooter, but Wiggins is getting easier buckets. He's converting them. That's giving him more confidence. He's rounding into form, into rhythm. When you're in rhythm, free throw shooting becomes easier. It is a big time confidence thing. And when your confidence is low, your free throws are not going to be good. Um, but man, Wiggins last night, 23 points on 8 of 10 shooting, 6 of 6 from the line against the Lakers. He had 22 on 8 of 12 shooting. This is the Andrew Wiggins that we know. You've got Jonathan Kaminga doing all this crazy attacking and slashing and drawing fouls and being aggressive. Wiggins is like, hold on. I was doing this before you, young fella. Let me get into the action. Now you've got both of these guys playing off each other, playing together, um, and we're just talking about offense. Defensively, it is quite a lineup having two of these long athletic wings with Draymond Green in the middle. And all three of those guys can switch. Kaminga and Wiggins can each hold their own against bigger players situationally. Um, and so that just affords the Warriors so much more opportunity, so much more uh, ability to keep guys in front, to defend without fouling. So it's just an incredible performance and, um, you know, a relief. I'll go as far to say that the Warriors were finally able to pick up a win. You had seen these trends of Wiggins and Kaminga playing well and Draymond Green coming back and the offense on fire, but, you know, just obviously heartbreaking to lose those back-to-back one-point games. You finally get a win. It feels like a really big win. And uh, now that's something you can build off of 100%. With that win over the Philadelphia 76ers, Warriors move to 20 and 24. They are one and a half games behind the nine seed Los Angeles Lakers, who they just lost to that are 24 and 25. Uh, Four and a half games out from uh, the number seven Dallas Mavericks. I mean, listen, guys. Crazier things have happened in Warriors land. Um, 20 and 24, for reference, is the same record the Warriors were at when Kelly Oubre was on this team. And uh, Steph Curry led them to a play-in where they won in the first round and lost to the Grizzlies. So um, certainly within the realm of possibility, the season's not over. You've got a lot more basketball left to play. Warriors trending in the right direction at the right time, finally. And um, now you start a five-game road trip, starting on Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies, the front end of a back-to-back, followed by Atlanta Hawks. And then Monday, the Brooklyn Nets. Wednesday, the Sixers on another front end of a back-to-back. And then Indiana on Thursday. Um a lot of winnable games. So, you know, Warriors maybe go on a little bit of a win streak here and, and find themselves at 500. That would certainly go a long way in establishing themselves, um, continuing to build on winning habits, continuing to build on the confidence of Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins. You get Moses Moody and Chris Paul coming back soon. Uh, maybe even GP2, you add some more depth. You give yourself some more options. Um, 
sky's the limit here. Obviously, you know, would be great for the Warriors to get out of the play-in. I think at this point, I'd just be happy to see them finish top eight. Um, I think that would be a substantial uh, jump at this time. So you're just going to take it one game at a time. But again, a lot of games left here to play. So, so what does this all mean heading into the trade deadline? I think it means Warriors aren't going to do jack shit. And quite frankly, I don't understand why they would at this point. I see a lot of people on 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 the Twitter sphere clamoring for trades. Now's when you try and trade Wiggins. Now's when you try and, and trade Kaminga. Personally, I don't see it. You've got two blossoming, well, you've got Wiggins returning to form, two-way Wiggs, former All-Star, uh, already led the Warriors to a ring, and then you've got a blossoming two-way player in Jonathan Kaminga coming into his own, um, showing dominance on both ends of the floor. And then Chris Paul to lead the second unit, right? You've got this starting unit that's, that's you know, full throttle, what about the bench? That was the issue when Jordan Poole uh, departed the Warriors. What do the Warriors do when Curry's not on the floor? That's going to be an issue when you've got Kaminga and Wiggins and Draymond and Clay all starting together. Chris Paul can run the second unit. He can do pick and pop with Dario Saric. You, that was Warriors' staple bread and butter second unit kind of magic throughout the season. You want that. You want that optionality. I get that a lot of people are looking at this $30 million contract of Chris Paul as an asset, but um, it certainly feels like with the way that the team is trending in, in, in this direction, I just don't see who else is out there on the market that you're going to go get and all of a sudden, you know, reintroduce or not reintroduce, but introduce a new player, figure out the new schemes and system, figure it out if it all works when you're basically in a must-win mode on a, a night-to-night basis. I just don't see it. I think if the Warriors are going to capitalize on this momentum and um, and getting Draymond back and, and starting to win games, you're going to stick with the guys that are finally coming together and putting all the pieces together. Um, sure, if there's a deal out there that's just so amazing and incredible that you just can't say no to and you're foaming at the mouth, I get it you probably go do it. I just don't think that's that's there. I don't think that's realistic. Um, I think that, you know, you look at some of the big names that are tossed around, Laurie Markadon, DeJounte Murray, um, even some of the guys on uh, the Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz on the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Mikel Bridges, Claxton, uh, Royce O'Neal. I just don't see it. I really don't. Um, those guys are, they're good players. I don't think that you're at a point where there's so much contention or lack of chemistry or, or failed roster construction that you succumb to that. I think that this season is a result of the antics of Draymond Green, the poor play or inconsistent play of Wiggins, the ups and downs of Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga trying to find his way. Um, couple bad nights from Steph Curry. And you subtract all of that. You look at all the games that they've lost by one point, And this team goes from 12th to 6th in the blink of an eye. 
So I just don't see it personally, you know, to each their own. But uh, especially with the way in which that they took care of business against the Sixers. And um, I'm really hoping that this is really a kind of um, foreshadowing the success that they're about to take onto the road. This is the time to lean in. This is the time to pat yourself on the back for all the hard work and start to see the results come in. This isn't the time to sell high and get some new pieces and figure it all out again. Um, but that's just my take. So we shall see lots of games to come. Lots of very fun and interesting and intense, stressful Warriors basketball remaining on the season starting Friday night at Atlanta or sorry, at Memphis and then a second night of a back-to-back -back at Atlanta. And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. If you haven't already, please head over to Twitter and give me a follow. That's at SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning 